I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's Footy Prime the Podcast with Danny Dicchio, Craig Forrest, and Jimmy Sharman. Today, we welcome Lori Forrest, all the way from the deep forests of BC. For Dan Wong, the producer extraordinaire, and me, JC, let's get this party started. Thank you, JC. That was a party opening, wasn't he? He's even standing up. He has some gesticulation about him as well. And indeed, it is a live studio audience um, for the first time. Lori, welcome. Laurie's from BC, as Jeff mentioned there, so we're all wearing a hazmat suit because she doesn't trust us filthy Ontarians. BC doing it the right way, by all accounts. Yes, and they've pretty they much are. conquered COVID. It's not conquered COVID, it's conquered... Conquered. COVID-19. That's the new t-shirt. It should be. Welcome to Footy Prime. We're back for another week. Lots of games this past week, fellas. Not many games left. This, this thing's almost finished as far as European football's concerned. Mm-hmm. Premier League's down to four or five games. Liverpool, still champions. Happily still champions. <laughs> but beneath them, it's hotting up. Champions League places. Relegation, it looks like Norwich is going down. Bournemouth, I think, is going down as well. I think it's fair to say. Uh, Watford, too bad. Villa, West Ham. Is West Ham safe now? What do you think? Not safe yet. Good point. Against Newcastle away. Got to stop giving away sloppy goals. Though. I mean, they took the lead... And they just switch off. They got this yeah. knack of doing that. But all things said and done, you had taken the draw before, but they could have picked up all three. How, how much? I was thinking about this, you know, that the race to avoid relegation, these games late in the season, the crowd usually is, is key. Winning your home games is so important. Mm-hmm. And it's so different this year, of course. That means nothing at all. So is that a disadvantage, do you think, for the Watfords and the West Hams of the world? Well,. It works both ways. You go away from home, the same thing. So, but it's just odd in so many ways. Because, like, when you're playing professionally, first of all, you you get a, a lift eight each from the crowd. Like, you buzz. Yeah, you're twelfth man. Yeah. Even watching Sheffield United the other day, like they were playing against. I forgot who they were playing against, but it was a game where uh, they beat Spurs at home pretty well as well. And Spurs were terrible on the day, but Bramall Lane. Sheffield United has got an unbelievable atmosphere, a really, really strong atmosphere, working class area, Sheffield. Yeah. And then I watched a relegation battle between Norwich and Brighton. Yeah, that's, that's how sad my life has become. I'm watching <laughs> Norwich versus Brighton. And Norwich would feed off of their home fans against Brighton, who are in the relegation scrap as well. I think 
Norwich are down, as you said, but it goes all the way up to Brighton, who are on 36 points, I think, in 15th place. And you can pick two of those group of five or six that could possibly go down with Norwich. Bournemouth not playing particularly well. West Ham nicked a good point at, at Newcastle, which was a needed point. It could be very, very important at the end of the year. Well, the win against Chelsea was massive. Win against Chelsea. But before that, yeah. I tell you, West Ham. I mean, they were struggling. Uh, struggling. But no, I imagine, though, I mean, you've yeah. both been in, in these fights before, right? And it must at times be a nightmare going to that ground, the home ground, and playing these teams, knowing your fans are just on your back, you know? It must be intimidating. For a lot of these players who may have outs in their contracts, you know, they're, they're not necessarily shackled to these teams if relegation happens. There's no pressure, surely. You know, I, I think a lot of these players should love their teams, and, but the reality is they're looking to next season right now. Is or that the, a concern? Or the reality... Too? There's no pressure. The reality, you're absolutely right. I mean, when you've got a squad of players getting relegated, everybody's looking a way out. Agents are trying to find clubs. They're already yeah, trying. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> looking for a way out. <laughs> they're already on the no, phone. Those there's, guys. A, no, there's a lot of players. They're not, they're not, it's not about the badge. <laughs> but no. when there's... 30,000 fans screaming at you, 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 have, you can't take a game off. You have to play harder. No. If they're not there... But it was interesting yesterday, even with Southampton, and their the coach has actually said they've got such a bad home record this year. They, they've actually played better without fans in the stadium. And they beat Man City yesterday. And I thought Man City suffered that because usually Man City take thousands away from home. And if you look at Southampton Stadium that uh, in the second half where City were kicking towards, they would have had that full end, like, four City fans. And they would have sucked the ball in the back of the net. But Southampton defended for their lives. There was no booze or anything coming from them home fans because they weren't playing attacking football at home. Yeah. They worked ever so hard and they got the result. It was interesting that Hassan Hutul has done a fantastic job there, came out and said that we've, we've actually played better without our fans in the stadium. Do you think, do you think for, as a manager, you, you have a home side, you have the pressures of being the team that's has to entertaining, attack. attacking, yeah. but no fans, does it matter? Do you change your tactics and go, you know what, I, we should be going more offensive but fuck that we're going to yeah. sit here we're going to bunker in at home yeah no matter what well you have to know your team's capabilities as well and i think well, that's true too sean dice has done a great job with burnley and saying listen we can't go toe-to-toe with the man cities the arsenals the liverpools because we just don't have the quality of what they have but i tell you what we will do we'll bunker in we'll make it very difficult battle. for teams battle we'll play very direct because that's how we're going to get results and stay in the Premier League and Burnley are going to stay in the Premier League once again uh, Sheffield United have done it very very well this year although they've played without fear and they've, mm. they've done very well but speaking of Bramall Lane Bramall Lane was a tough place to go always yeah that was a I played in one Great of the most crowd. infamous games there. It was one of the most strangest games ever played at, at Bramall Lane for West Brom. We, uh, there was a lot of history between the two teams, but between certain players on the field. And um, we were 3-0 up, and Neil Warnock was the manager at the time. Of Sheffield United? Yeah, and yeah. they'd had two players sent off in the first, first uh, half. Then George Santos came on as sub and he tried to break Andy Johnston's leg because they had an altercation about a year prior to that where there was a jaw broken for George Santos. So he wanted retribution, came on, so sent off. Neil Warnock's on the sidelines telling his players, break legs, 
do anything you can to get the game abandoned. And we got abandoned. They got another player sent. Uh, it wasn't sent off. He was brought off with an injury. So they were down to seven players. I think it was seven players, and they had to postpone the game. It was big fines to the club. It was bizarre. Totally bizarre. So we thought we weren't going to get the result. We were 3-0 up. It was it was postponed before the 70 minute mark when during weather or whatever it is conditions a uh, game can still be counted if it's past a certain amount so it went to the FA uh, Sheffield United were, were fined big big money we got awarded uh, a 2-0 win in the end the result and but it was bizarre a totally bizarre game if does that ever... still happen do you think in the lower leagues you know not so much you know let's try and get this game called off but the Go out there and try and break legs. Back in the you not know, publicly seventies, eighties, nineties, it happened. We know All that, but time. but now, I mean, if like, that got out, that you know, yeah. Pep Guardiola saying those guys break legs, yeah, you know, or even you know, I mean, the team talks used to be you know who Chris the best Wilder. player was, and was to test his metal early on by going through him, go through Kinda him, like yeah. Vinnie Jones in the FA Cup yeah. final against Liverpool. Give him a good good whack. They'll let you. They'll allow that. They'll allow the one time, and then that's it, and then they'll tighten up. Mm-hmm. But you'll see whether he's made. So he's literally kicked their best player. <laughs> right? Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking about a guy who <laughs> bite <laughs> noses. I was doing a game for Toronto. I see it. I'm like, Nigel Reed was calling the game. I think CBC. And it's like, did he just try and bite his nose? <laughs> <laughs> I'm that sure he just tried to bite his nose off. Was that was it, when you were trying to bite the player? Was that from something some previous, or just what happened in that game that just pissed you off? I have no idea what you're talking about. Yes, he bloody did. <laughs> you didn't need a reason. <laughs> no, I was going to say we're just hungry. That's the answer. You're hungry, yeah. and no, yeah. Was it just, you, see, you saw he knew well enough. Every team he played for, the fans knew that he would throw it around. And they appreciate that. Like they, right. they, they, the effort, whether it's biting noses or ears or elbowing somebody or just putting it in. But was it ever love premeditated or was it just spur of the moment that the fog descended upon you and you assaulted someone? I did not assault him. That goalkeeper tried to break my leg. Okay, so there you have it. He tried to right. snap my leg. So you, oh, there from the side. Yeah, he, he caught the ball and he thought the challenge was, was bad. And as I'm landing and straight down, he tried to snap me from the side. And you think that condones biting someone? I didn't bite him. I just went face to face with him. <laughs> he's having a. Little... There's a video. I think if you, if you Google the picture, you can see the picture somewhere. And just had like... a little nibble. Just a little nibble. <laughs> but did, were you a player? Though? I mean, would the mist descend upon you and you'd lose your blackout for a few when seconds? When I was younger, when yes. you woke up with someone on the would floor. You th- what do you think, Sean? <laughs> I know. It's a bit rhetorical, this. I kind of know the answer here. Yeah. But, uh, Actually, when I was a youth team player, I got. Uh, taken to the Southeast County's uh, uh, disciplinary board because I'd been sent off three times in All one... Southeast County's Yeah, league. one academy yeah, season QPR for QPR. QPR. Yeah. Yeah. Ipswich was in my there. final one was against Arsenal we and uh, I had to go there with my dad. Well, you won that. Oh, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> they, were good, they were good games, huh? We used to go to Norwich, Ipswich. And then the, and then the uh, Southern Junior Floodlit Cup. Did you play yeah. in that? yeah. They were really good games. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like second to the FA Youth Cup, really, at yeah. one time. But yeah, we went to this disciplinary board. I had to go to anger management. Uh, oh, uh, how, how did that work out for you? <laughs> did you? At 17, yeah. Wow. 16, 17. Danielle, you Club what? why are you so angry? Why are you so angry? I don't know. You should ask your dad that. Yeah. Does your dad have a little bit of a switch? Yeah, he had a little bit of a switch. The Italian red mist. 
But as I got older, I... <laughs> Can we say that nowadays? I was Italian <laughs> and yeah, that's why. You're all violent. <laughs> as I got older, I, I managed to control it a little bit more and use it in a more efficient way. Yeah, like biting people. No, it was just I learned how to do it without the referee seeing. Oh, okay. So the dark arts. Yeah. You, uh, it is very much. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting under the skin without pushing the boundaries too far. Were the, I mean, you the are, boundaries you, were pretty You're a pretty calm guy. We know you now, Craig, you're a calm guy. But on the field, we watched you play. There were moments when you were pretty pissed off. It's obvious. Yeah. Were the times you, you definitely left a little bit more on someone than you, when you should have done? Yeah. Clearing a ball, punching a ball, oh. a knee in the back. What was your yeah. go-to um, um, assault weapon? <laughs> the knee. A sword was knee in the back. Well, because like, the only time guys like Deech were susceptible to getting nailed was if they're backing into a, a yeah, and, you're, a and, you're, and you can judge it better. In. Now, if they're facing you and they're coming at you, they don't have to win the ball, but you have to. Mm. So you gotta you got to make sure you take it. But they can just target you. you those, those were the worst by far. Because you know, you, you know, you know it's coming, you, yeah. and the goalkeeper yeah. knows what he's doing. Yeah, but also the goalkeeper, rightly so, was protecting his kind of midriff as well, mm-hmm. because he's yeah, going to get challenged. It's amazing point. how you can protect yourself as a goalkeeper, but to a limit where you can kill somebody. Yeah, <laughs> cool, you, could, and you could kill somebody. Like literally, it bring your knees up, and yeah. Now a lot of them are smart too. They they don't want to come into those challenges, and then you yeah, have guys like Dicho just clear them anyway. out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Take but I remember Taggart. Remember Taggart played for Jerry yes, Taggart. Jerry yeah. Taggart. Jerry, Irish remember, the, guy, remember the, the cop show Taggart. <laughs> like he's a tough. He was a tough player. The cop or the player? Player. Yeah. Because <laughs> so was Taggart was tough <laughs> too. Scotsman. The, the ball comes over Upton Park. The ball's like twenty feet over, drifting out for a goal kick. And I'm like, yeah, just watching it. And Taggart just comes in and fucking boom, just fucking blows me into the net. I'm in the guy. So the the players are piling in. Now all of a sudden, Lomi, you know, Irish going, oh, here's my chance to get yeah. stuck in. And all the guys that like a little bit of that. So I'm laying on the ground and I, oops, I can't even, I can't, I can't even get up because everybody's above me. And the ball is here and I like, and I couldn't get, and Taggart's standing here and he's fucking throwing punches and everything. And all the players were rocking in. I had my glove on, obviously. And I reached up and I grabbed his fucking balls. And <laughs> fucking, I had his whole, I had his whole lunch kit in my hand, and it was a perfect grip. I knew I had it all. Meeting two veins, and and I just clawed up like so. Now he's like a freaking dog with his nuts in a vice, and he's and he's Irish red mist. Now now he's really mad. He starts throwing. I'm down there, but he just starts. He has no idea who it is. No, you can't tell. He starts throwing punches. He gets sent off. Perfect play, that. And then he was trying to get me after the game, and like, oh, he was. And, and Loma, like, I was like, oh, I right, fine. Like, Loma goes, you have to kill him. He's fucking nuts. <laughs> you have to end it. <laughs> One of those guys. The gloved hand of Craig Forrest. Oh, I remember, like, it was just the. I don't think I've ever gripped anything <laughs> like that since. No, ever or before. It was just the perfect. Just fury, fury, anger, oh, and protecting must your been, teammates. Can you imagine how angry you'd be. Yeah, you wouldn't be happy about it, would no. you? No, like a bull with a. Yeah, well, that's why they tie off. That's why they tie off bulls, bull, bulls, bulls when they go uh, rodeo riding yes. to piss them off. Yeah, it they would work. That, they put that rope around them. Yeah, and they squeeze it nice and tight. Get on the back of it. And yeah, good luck. Good luck. And you yeah. wonder why they're. That was Jerry Taggart. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was a bull. Did you ever end a career that you know of? Oh. Shaka did. 
he's, he's shaking his head like, no, no, not me. He damn well knows that he's, he's in some careers. <laughs> Did you? No. You, you, <laughs> you know what? Pinocchio. <laughs> um, Shaka ended a, a career? Yeah. I can't remember who it was. Chelsea player. Went right through him. Bad leg break. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's a tough sport. I think every team though needs that that one guy. Maybe they don't nowadays. They don't need that that one guy who you're gonna be scared of, intimidated by, right? Maybe the, the, it's lo- a, it's lower, a tough the smaller it's clubs a, maybe need that character, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough thing to you know translate these days. Just in the w- way the game has changed, the way it's officiated, cameras everywhere as well, right? You can't everywhere get away with get the get after, back. Yeah. yeah. You have I mean, to have more. You have to have more to it as well. It's, it's just like in hockey, the goons have kind of slowly been yeah. erased out of the game, and I think even in football now, as you said, Craig, there's so much more media attention and yeah. like like a guy like Vinny Jones, not the worst football in the world. Yeah, to be fair, um, he was better than a lot of people make out, but he also knew his limitations, but he knew what he could do to be effective. Yeah, and that was. Leaving elbows and kicking, going through people. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, okay. So you have those the enforcer types, right? But you still need those players who are going to leave it all in the field, right? Going to bleed for their teammates, right? You look at a Virgil Van Dijk or a Harry Maguire, a star players, but they're going to leave their head in the way of harm's way. You still want that and need that in a teammate, don't you? Oh yeah, like, not, they don't all do. Well, it. there's that. that but... I mean, that's a different thing. Again, a ball comes in the box low, and you've got to do a dive and head to clear it, and you're going to get a boot in the head. Um, that still exists. You still need that, but you don't need one of them, Shams. You need like ten of them. Yeah, right. Ideally, yeah. but how often do you, you can carry them? one or two guys that don't do that, but you yeah. need more than one. Yeah, like you need guys that are going to. And put away there. from home is usually the where you knew that one or two guys were because at home they're yeah lighted up. Is, is that the underrated part of the game though? That how tough these guys actually the average professional actually is. They're tough Probably dudes, right. They can take a lot of pain. Well, right? not so mean that. Just toughness mentally and in, in every way. Um, and as well as just off the field, your social media is coming at you at home, yeah, coming right. sideways. You know, the players want followers. Drogba is quite a self-promoter and blah, blah, blah. But it uh, when it goes sideways on you and they start attacking you, yeah, it's... Uh, mentally strong as well. Yeah. Okay, so, so Manchester United, a team that since Fergie retired, we know what's happened there. It's, it's been a tough go despite winning a UEFA Cup and an FA Cup it's not that bad but overall a team that struggled um, this season in comes Bruno Fernandes and the entire outlook of the team changes now they look ruthless now they they think 16 games without a loss now I believe yeah I don't um, think he's, play- he hasn't lost a game no he hasn't he, when he's he, in the team he's, he's been that that galvanizing force incredible um, it, one guy I mean is it as simple as one guy to, to you know make the others grow a little bit taller sometimes Pogba's healthy now as well which helps yeah. those young guys are now a little bit more mature perhaps the Rashfords yeah. the Martials yeah well I think you get to do a situation look at Liverpool now they've got to be careful about who they bring in because you don't want to upset that brilliant balance you got and then you got another case where you got United <laughs> you have to upset and, you, and then one player can change everything and bring everybody up sometimes when you, you have a signing it's almost like it gives you a lift because you're like well we're, we're, we're going to be different don't know we're going to be better but we're hopeful and uh, I think he's done that he's, he's been fantastic Drogba's look better with him there 
Pogba as or well. Pogba, right? Drogba looks good too. But, <laughs> but Noah. And, but he, but he, uh, I think is it. I mean, Fernandez. You look. We know came from Sporting Lisbon, right? Obviously, a big club in Portugal. But prior to that, had spent a few seasons in the Syria. Sampdoria. Sampdoria, right? He's Danny only twenty-five, and right? he's not old, right? But no. he's but he's well travelled. Yeah. And he captained Sporting in a really tough time when they weren't playing very well. Where there was that that invasion by the ultras, and they beat up some players, and a lot of players left. He stuck around, saying, "I'm here for the club." He's obviously a mature guy and a real leader. So I do think that's a large part of why Solskjaer targeted him. We know what we can do on the field. He's a goal scorer. He's a playmaker. But he's also the kind of guy that can you know, take that team under his wing. For sure. And a big part of it is he speaks very, very good English as well. So he would have settled into the group very, very quickly. But I even look at the body language surrounding him when he's either in play or just when he's talking to certain players and you can tell they're, they're, they're engaged. When players have got the ball, they're looking for him constantly as well because they know he can make something happen. And United haven't had a player like that for a long while, you know. Um, I think he's improved a lot of players as well. You see Martial playing as a number nine who's thriving playing in that position. Rashford can do his damage anywhere in wide areas. Uh, the young boy Mason Greenwood that I saw play at academy level three, four years ago against my, my Toronto FC academy team was it in, obvious then in the Dallas Cup. Special? He scored against us. Very, very talented player. Him and Tatum Chong were in the too. team. He looked very good. He scored goals of plenty in the under-21s uh, for United. And they've just kind of blossomed at the right time. I really think this COVID time off has helped them as a group as well. It's got players back from injury. Some players were not playing particularly well. David Look De Gea, Matic. David De Gea, Matic, even Maguire was being questioned. He just signed a new contract, did he not? I think he did. No, yeah. no. Yeah, no. Matic signed a new contract yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah, it was Matic. Three year deal. Right. So I think there's a lot more belief within the squad now. They're a team that's playing very well together. Okay, there's a couple of highlighted guys we spoke about Bruno, uh, Martial scoring goals, but just the belief within the group and. They just look a happier outfit, and Solskjaer has weathered the storm very well. And now people are saying this could be a long-term guy for us. Yeah, might this be a case of where you know we look back in years to come and say, "Wow, they almost fired Oli Gunnar Solskjaer," and perhaps another club would have fired him, but they stuck with him. And, and he, you know, he, he, at the same time, the Mason Greenwoods came through the system as well, so it's nice yeah. timing for him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, they're playing attacking football, they're playing United football, they're scoring tons of goals. They're a bit weaker at the back at the moment. But it does seem that this United team is a lot closer to where the world thinks they should be than they have been for a very yeah. long time. Could that be next season? Could they be contenders yeah. next season? Or is that a bit early? Well, I pick up another couple of pieces. Um, it'll be interesting next year, won't it? I, I don't think anybody's going to run away with it. It's going to be a lot tighter, I think. And yeah, uh, some Manchester very good teams next season. I mean, Man City's lost more games than United, which is yeah, incredible. Now, I think against Southampton, they had as many shots against Southampton as Le- Leicester did when they beat them nine. <laughs> wow. Yeah, amazing, isn't it? The yeah. XG you know, counts or something. So sometimes you look at that and you go, well, yeah. you know, tough defending, defending for their lives, but it's at the same time, the same amount but of effort. Those, those were also games early on in the season, Craig, that they were struggling to get victories against teams like that. Mm-hmm. You know, they were yeah, struggling they- to beat teams. They, they played like well the against Villas. the better teams, didn't they? They but played the much better against... Bournemouth of the world they'd, they'd struggle against. I worry about Bournemouth, you know, as, as a club where they get relegated. You know, they're one of those clubs that are so small. Yeah. Well, you look at, like, Norwich, who have been a, a typical yo-yo club at the moment where they go down, they come back yeah. up, go down, come back up. they're also bigger. I mean, they're a bigger, bigger city. Club, and... 
been more established. Bournemouth have come through the the league, uh, sorry, the divisions over the past ten years, and Eddie Howe's done a great job there. But, but does he stay? I think the writing could be on the wall for him this season. I've watched him in their last two or three games, and they've been woeful at the back. Where's woeful. his reputation, though? Is he a manager that a top club would still want to to look at? At least a Premier League club, or has the damage been done now? The tarnish. Yeah, I honestly, off? I think in. The Premier League, it's not sexy enough having an English coach. Yeah, seems that way. They're not your first pick. Yeah. Wait, we discussed this before, you know. The, it's very odd. Why Why that is. I mean, we've English spoken about it with, with Sean Dyche before, who yeah. should easily have been given the opportunity at a bigger club. We now look at Chris Wilder at Sheffield United, who's done amazingly well there. Eddie Howe, when Bournemouth were doing very, very well, was getting rumoured, uh, was being called out for the England job as well as the Arsenal job. As Craig said, I don't think these owners feel an English guy, unless he's the new Pep, is worthy of. But like, isn't there a shift in place with the out of the way people perceive English football now? Because there are so many good young attacking players coming through the ranks now. Their reputation has yeah, been not coaches. for a while. Not coaches, no, but maybe that will follow suit, though. Because yeah. for so long, England... You know, well, the trouble is most of the English the coaches are coming in, the team's struggling for relegation, and yeah. they, with teams like Burnley that don't have the talent, so you, you become this, what they think, one-dimensional coach that can only play a one, one So why don't style? more coaches try and uh, their, their, their skill set overseas? We, we complain about English players not going overseas. We're seeing a few more now. Well, but why not jobs overseas anyway. The, langu- sure the language barriers is The only where English tough. coaches get jobs are Canada and Australia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, language. The language barrier is a tough, tough sell. And we, we look at it as an English person going to Spain like David Moyes did or even Bobby Robson went in the in the 80s uh, to Barcelona, went to Holland, to PS, PSV. PSV. And those were kind of outliers. Sporting as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he was at uh, yeah. Sporting yeah, for sure. Marina was with him. That's right, yeah, yeah, of course. But it's That's tough. It's, it's tough. I feel that the Euro- European well, he was coaches... Barcelona, but didn't he take him with him? No, he was at Barcelona with... With, uh, with Mourinho. With Mourinho, yeah. But I feel with the European coaches, they're more positive in, in the sense that we're going to try and learn English and ingrain ourselves in the culture a lot more than an English guy would be in going to a European club. Yeah. Well, I think the trouble is like, they speak English at least at some level. Yeah. You can get away with it. I always like when I was over there, like, I wish that I had taken the opportunity, but again, same language. Everywhere you went, you go over to France, yeah. you speak English, Holland, everybody speaks English. Didn't have to learn it. Yeah. But I wish I did. Yeah, of course he's at PSV as well. You're right. Yeah, Robson was at PSV. Was he at Sporting? Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, we're talking about sporting. Uh, no, I don't see this here, no. No? He was, he was in uh, Portugal for a bit. Oh, yeah, no, he was. Yeah, of course he was. Yeah, 92. Yeah. Right. And that's when he met Jose Marino. So and, you're correct. And then he took him to Barcelona with yeah, him. Yeah, that's right. So they got a long history. Marino learned a lot from Bobby Robson. Yeah, he loves him. And Sir Bobby was an interesting character as far as, like, <laughs> he didn't even know the names of his own players. Right, so I mean, as much as language is important, it's not the be-all and end-all because a lot of European managers come to England, for example, without speaking the language. That's true. And have very mediocre careers. You need a good interpreter. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Exactly. Marino, so. Marino ended up being one of the best managers around for Yeah. But it must help if you speak the same language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of players come over, though, and don't even try and learn the language. Right? You must have teammates in the past that just oh, yeah. didn't 
you have your Madagascar, Chilean. I think it's getting better now because if players want to play at a high elite level, especially if they're in Europe, whether they're a smaller country in Europe or one of the 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 big elite leagues in Spain or Italy where they know they can probably double their wages in a lower team in the Premier League, they already put things into into place with yeah, speaking yeah. English to as Craig said to to some degree. Like all these that when you're recruiting these guys, if if you don't do your background checks on everything, even their relationship with their their wives is: Are their wives going to settle in London? Are they going to settle in England? Yeah. Are they, they going to move across with them? Are even? they going to move yeah. across? You know, all these different things that come into play. Javier Margas, his wife never settled at all, and he was decided that's it. Was he Ipswich or West Ham? West Ham. West Ham. So he played yeah. in the World Cup for Chile and yeah. whatever. Good guy, but <laughs> didn't settle. And then Harry and Frank went to see him at the Swallow Hotel. Yeah. Maybe you know, so is what with three yeah. stories. <laughs> he jumped. Knocking on his door. He jumped out the window. Never saw him again. <laughs> he got his luggage, threw it out the window. They, he knew Harry and Frank were at the door. And he jumped out the fucking window. <laughs> Never saw him again. Was Flew back to Chile. No, but he just, they had done a deal. They were, he was talking about leaving. They were going to, you know, mutual, you know, deal. We're going to cut the contract. He's gone. But they thought they'd try one more time to see if he'd stay. Is, is it harder and for... And he'd already made his mind, so they jumped what, out the window. Forget the lifestyles and, you know, what is the hardest league to adjust to, do you think, from a, a style standpoint? Is it, is it Premier League? Is it Serie A? La Liga? What would it be? I'm curious. I don't think you can pinpoint a league. Because from my experience of going from an England Premier League to Serie A, it was totally different back then. We used to watch Serie A, and although it got a lot more exciting in the early 90s. Catanaccio. It was like a game of chess. And I remember watching games at the time. I'm like, if a team scores, they shut up shop. They, they don't really go for the second goal and they're time wasting they're like talking to the referee and it was just it wasn't an enjoyable experience for me to say oh this I'm really excited about coming to Serie A but this football doesn't excite me compared to the hustle and bustle of the Premier League back then where Italian players came over to the Premier League and really struggled with the the pace the, the physical aspects of the league not saying that Serie A is not physical but it was just such a quick league compared to Serie A which was very slow and uh, tactically astute and players moved into certain roles but didn't bolt off to join the attack and then you look at the Spanish league that was very ticky-tacky lots of touches very technically driven and English players would struggle to go over there and same way Spanish players would struggle to come over to the English so it's changed a lot now and I don't think you can pinpoint but I do remember speaking to a lot of guys in the 90s that had played in England and Germany and they said the German league was the toughest league purely because of the way they trained and looked after themselves they were like machines mm-hmm. yeah. they'd never experienced Alan McAnally I think he lives here now in, in Canada McAnally yeah. Yeah, he lives uh, in Calgary uh, or somewhere. Yeah, West Coast, yeah. He was a good striker back <clears throat> yeah. in the day. But I remember reading an article that he said, this, you, I've never been in such prime condition, but boy, did it hurt. Yeah, really. The well, way I mean, they trained. Think about the German national team of, of that ilk, right? Yeah. They were just... Machines they were, as well. Yeah, they were machines. They were robots. And that's, that's what they were known for. They would go in there, they would be emotionless, big guys, up and down, north-south disciplined win World Cups and European yeah. Championships in the meantime yeah right 
Amazing. Like a guy like Gerd Merle, I mean, he was just the roughest, just finisher, raw finisher. Job putting the ball in it, and he did it well. Yeah. Was there a league that you wish you'd have played in? Outside of obviously, you, so you played in England, you played in England, Italy. Was there one league that looking back, you wish you'd tried just given it a whirl? Spain. Yeah. Yeah. So you could just punch the ball a lot. Oh, I just, <laughs> nobody touches you. You get touched as a foul. <laughs> Double double punches. Yeah, I actually exactly. found playing internationally, coming back playing for Canada, that the referees would give fouls for everything. It was so easy compared. <laughs> easy. Well, easy, easy compared. Like when you got got IDs coming in and, yeah, of course. You, and the referees are like, no, that was 50-50. Like, you know. <laughs> Frustrating as well. <laughs> but the thing but, is, I, I understood it and always thought that, you know, they have, they have a right to go for the ball. Yeah. That's why I see fouls. If, if the guy, if the... Striker's looking at the ball. He's literally trying to win the ball. He's got his elbows down. He bumps into the goalkeeper. It's a foul. Yeah. Like now, if he's looking at the goalkeeper and he's eyeing him, and right, so, so Craig, Craig wants to go out for a picnic and play in, in Spain because it's easy. How about you, Deech? Is there a league that you want to play? In? Uh, <laughs> not really, but I nearly signed for a team in Japan. <laughs> yeah, you've been a hero there, man. You've been like I've this, been the this tallest player on the field for sure. North American. They British wouldn't take kindly stereotype. to stereotype. But it was what? at the time I was going to Italy. Was it Grandpa's so eight? I don't, no, it wasn't a Lineker's team. It was another right? team. But they were spending a lot of money on European guys coming over. But they were also looking for guys that were coming out of contract. And I was out of contract. And I was obviously speaking to Serie A teams. But they offered me a million a year. And I was 21, 22. Jesus. I'd like, never been to fucking Asia. So like... Why do I even want to go? And my agent was like, you have to take this deal. This is going to set you for life. That wasn't your dad as your agent at that point. It was a real agent? It was a real agent, yeah. <laughs> what was your old man saying to you at that point? He was like, no chance. Really? Yeah. It's a million dollars a year. Yeah. Dollars. Pound, pounds or was it yen? Pound, I don't know. It was a it's million, million something. Pound. A million <laughs> pounds. Lineker, Lineker was the first big one out there. He was, yeah. yeah. And that was, uh, that was, actually, that was Grandpa's 8, wasn't it? That was Grandpa's 8. Yeah. Yeah. But he was, they were paying a lot of money. So why did you say no? Just because your ambitions lay in Europe? I just, I'd always, already kind of laid my dreams down in going to Sedia. And I'd already I'd spoken to Sampdoria and Napoli and I wanted to go to Genoa. When, when you were getting that, that paycheck in that grocery store, did, at that point, did you think I didn't to yourself, get a paycheck. maybe I should, so when, so when you weren't getting your paycheck <laughs> in the grocery store, do you think to yourself, maybe I should have taken that million? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was times that I actually said to my missus, maybe we should be in Japan right that now. Pistol. <laughs> you know, maybe I should have taken that million in Japan. <laughs> but uh, no, that was, that was my only kind of other experience of going to another league. But. Well, you know, this actually leads well into our, uh, this segment we've kind of planned for today, right? It's called What If. Got a bunch of what ifs for both of you in your careers. What if this had happened or you hadn't done this, right? All right. And it works pretty well. And from these, we'll have some talking points, I'm sure. So, okay, we'll start with you, Craig, all right? So, okay. what if you had never signed with Ipswich Town? Where would you have career have taken you? Would it have taken you anywhere? I'd be a dick, dick, ditch digger. Would you? Wouldn't yeah. be in football? Well, if I wasn't good enough, where no, was but, I going to go? Well, I mean, with another, no other office? Oh, I had other. Yeah, okay. I had West Brom lined up and Dundee United. Okay. Those so West Brom and Dundee. So you could have been a teammate with Dickio at West Brom. By Maybe. that point, a legend. Maybe. But you chose Ipswich. Dundee was a good one could to pass on. Could have been some of the statue they got of him outside. <laughs> 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 but do you ever think about that? I mean, obviously, it worked out really well for you. You made the right choice. But, I mean, West Brom's a big club. Yep. What might have happened? 
No, I never really. No? No. It's not helping the segment right now. No, but, no, but, <laughs> no, but that's why I lined up. But if I didn't actually make football, I think that's more, the, I don't know what the. But you were, how, you're a good happened. athlete. You played hockey. You played lacrosse. Maybe, would you have. No, well, you, 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 it's you, like playing golf. You're never gonna, nobody's going to pay me now to play golf. <laughs> I'm always going to be paying. <laughs> and that's okay, too. Yep, of course. Right? You're going to yeah. enjoy the sport. But no, sure. But, not but making it professionally. Not, but but had a, it wasn't football. It wasn't an option. Your skill set wasn't good enough to continue your hockey or your lacrosse or was Well, it? no, because I had taken those last few years and just concentrated on soccer. Right. So I had to give a, I, you had to make a choice at that point. What about if you stayed in North America? Was that an option for you to play football? No. North American Soccer League had folded. The Whitecaps are all done. Right. So it's like... No, uh, the Whitecaps are the reason one of me... One of the... I mean, they were... They were perfect for my development is having a professional team around to go watch and right. good team. You know, got a sense of what it was like a little bit. Why why Ipswich though over West Brom? What was the uh, the main factor? Um primarily because they they had a history of bringing foreign players in. Right, and Frank was there too, right? At that point. And Frank was already there. They had a couple of Canadians, Bruce Twomley was there years before. Right. So they, you know, and with Murin and Tyson, so they, they're just more susceptible to bringing in foreigners and a belief and not looking at European champions as well. Fuck, that's a thing. I mean, that's a good point. Going yeah, to a going time. to a good point. Going to a, a club, club, yeah, and then not being able to sustain sustain that yeah. was hard because it was always like, why aren't you? Why are you? Was the force the force level's been set right? It's like some of these yeah. like like Bournemouth now. Their their fans think right. they're a Premier League team, but are they really a Premier League mm. team? You know, well, you look at all European the, champions, all the teams and all the divisions below that are bigger than Bournemouth. Lots, of them. yeah. Ipswich champs. Uh, you know, Bobby Robson was there, Cup. the legend. Yeah, they just left to take up the England job. Right. Yeah, hmm. but it was it was tough because even when we got back into the top flight, the Premier League, there. The fans are really like, you guys are going to win this, right? Expectancy. Yeah. That's it. It's just impossible Yeah, with that size of squad. But different times, they were great. They're, when it was about developing and whatever, but now it's yeah. different. It turned out okay for you, I guess. How about you, it turned you? out okay. Had you not have come to North America? I know Chicago was on your radar, but had you stayed in England? Was that even an option for you? No. We decided as a family that we'd moved around enough with the kids and we wanted to lay down our route somewhere and it wasn't going to be in England. So I had an opportunity about six months prior to an, an MLS offer to go out to Australia with Perth Glory. Uh, Steve McMahon was the actual uh, head coach at the time. Um, but Australia was, was so far away. Obviously, a lot of expats living there. The English don't travel well. <laughs> no. But uh, when they're taking obviously, their shackles, my wife, Claire's Australian as well. She's got an Australian passport as oh, really? well. Yeah, yeah mum and dad are Australian. So I'd never been to Australia. It's somewhere that intrigues me, but it was just so far away from home. Mm-hmm. I mean, North America was a little bit closer, although it's a six-hour, seven-hour journey to London from here to, to Toronto. But, but we've always we've all seen you, you know, rolling into a studio in in middle of February, whining about the weather and how shitty the roads are here. Yeah. Do you ever think I should have gone to Perth? Yeah, but it's excruciating hot there. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, <laughs> nothing's good no, now. You can't no, satisfy him. <laughs> True fucking cold. True fucking yeah. hot. No, I, I love the weather here now. I've really acclimatized to it. 
And the winters haven't been as bad in the past two or three years, to be quite honest. No, not bad. The summers are getting they fucking linger, hot, I know they? that. <laughs> yeah, they're getting, they're getting hotter. <laughs> Siberia was 100 degrees. What would have happened, Craig, to you, do you think, in your career had you have lost a coin toss against Korea at the 2000 Gold Cup? I would have been able to play an unbelievable golf course the next day. Because <laughs> I think, when that coin toss was going up in the air, I'm like, well, if we win it, we're playing Mexico. Azteca. Good luck. Good luck with that. No, no, it was down in San Diego. Oh, was it? Oh, of course it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah and we were in L.A., so then we had to drive all the way back down there. So I'm thinking, uh, Mexico, they're going to... Okay. But I got this really good round of golf <laughs> if we lose the coin toss. So what was, right in the, show what right was the course? What course? Do you know? Can you remember yeah, what course no, it was? I don't remember. I don't remember what it was. So there's a little bit of um, disappointment when you won that toss. When there was. <laughs> <laughs> He'd already booked the tee-off time the next yeah. morning. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I knew is it was going to be right because CONCACAF wanted to do the coin toss... In private. Yeah, and the cameras were there because uh, Holger was there. Holger, was Holger great was there. videos. Not a chance. Because you know how that would have went. There would have been no oh, coin yeah, toss. Of course not. Get Canada out. Yep. They wanted us out. So Holger was like, he was right in there. <laughs> <laughs> we won it. So the initial reaction was, oh, well. Yeah, it was, maybe a, it was almost a little disappointing. Some other yeah. time. Because I was thinking, you know, there's a fair chance we're going to get killed by Mexico. Right? Yeah. But you wouldn't we're not have been a Gold Cup champion. We're going to have the, maybe uh, family and friends that are supporting us. Not even. But, you know, winning the Gold Cup changed your life. All the millions and sponsorship deals that came <laughs> after it. You know. Yeah, that's right. All the fame, <laughs> all the name, glory. Yep, soccer star, Craig yeah. Forrest. And you couldn't, you couldn't even play on that golf course after they won it because Harry was on the fucking phone to get him home for the game on Saturday. That's right. <laughs> Which is West Man Ham. United. Seven <laughs> one. <laughs> How about that? I went from like I couldn't. Every time it was just one of those moments of the, the whole tournament. You know, you just like you get your fingertips to everything. You're going to yeah. save everything. And then I got on a flight and ended up in Manchester again, and I couldn't get my fingertips in. <laughs> it was like the net was 20 yards long. I was like, oh, fuck, like I'm not getting close to anything. 7-1, and we scored first. <laughs> Paolo. Don't do that at Man United. Shop, who was also in the Gold Cup, of course. Yeah. Right now, there are like thousands of, of Canadian fans in their 30s who are, who are kids when you win the Gold Cup, burning their Craig Forest Canada jerseys, thinking, I love this guy. He didn't give a shit. <laughs> no, no, I yeah, gave I a shit. play golf. <laughs> I gave a shit. Even Jeff's crying, look. But I was also realistic. <laughs> I was also so unrealistic. I don't hey, last goalkeeper to win a uh, MVP in any continental tournament in the world. I guess he will, yeah. That's Who right. was the last MVP of including the World Cup? Yeah, of course. There was Oliver Kahn. Mm. Oliver 2002. Kahn. The That's only right. goalkeeper ever to win an oh, MVP. Oh, ever? Really? Yeah. Underappreciated, aren't you? I don't think Common Balls had, or uh, Copa America's had any goalkeepers. Buffon never won the... Uh, Blunder Asian or, never right. No, nope. talk about surely he should Africa have won never point. goalkeeper. Yeah, disrespected. You're a strange species, unloved by everyone. Yeah, never really thought about it. Like when I got the MVP, I never really thought. You know, goalkeepers don't get them. No, 
So it was the Glory Boys. It's generally the goal scorers, right? Even if there's some, yeah. some you know, holding mids had a great tournament. Yeah. Defenders don't get them. No. Nah. Did uh, well, uh, uh, Cannavaro got it in 2006. That's right. That's rare, though. It was he was incredible. Rare. In that World Cup, though. Let's be honest. Yeah. I think Italy scored three goals the entire tournament. So. Ooh, easy there. <laughs> you must have been pretty good. <laughs> hey, Teach, what if uh, you hadn't got a red card and missed the FA Cup final for Millwall all those years ago? Would that have changed much for you? In a good way? Yeah, it would have changed my mindset for sure. Because you almost quit football out there. Yeah, and he's been angry ever since. Yeah, <laughs> is, that, is that where the anger began? <laughs> oh, that's when it returned. <laughs> but speaking of going, like, in the Gold Cup, like, when Colombia had a penalty late in the game, we were tuning up at that moment, but with 10 minutes left, 15 maybe with time added, if that goes in, I'm thinking, we're probably extra time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you don't want to go extra time. Yeah. <laughs> And when I saved it, and then all the players were like, ah, but I had to get rid of it because I'm holding onto the ball. It's yeah, a great shot. And I too. got mad because it's kind of things and moments like that can change so fucking quickly. And you can let it slip if you just take your guard down for 10, 10 minutes. That's why you got to be so disciplined. And results yeah, just in training. Just the next 10 minutes is going to affect the rest of your life and how you think about things and, yeah, you know, you titles and. Yeah, everything, right? At that point, there's a self-belief, right? In the yeah, team so as I'm well. 35, I guess, at that time. 34, 33 maybe. But I've been around long enough to see how that can twist. And moments. Just moments. Like when, at what point after you cracked Wes Brown did you realize? Was it Wes Brown you, no, you cracked? No, Wes was Morgan. It? Wes Morgan, sorry. Wes, Wes Brown, Jesus. That would be <laughs> arrested for that. Be a kid. Morgan. Wes oh, Morgan. That right. would have been a good Was, was it straight right? away you realized, oh, shit. No, because it wasn't even a whack. It was just like a scuffle. Like, we'd gone up for the ball, we'd come down, and he thought I caught him, so he pushed me in the neck. thought I caught him. I pushed pushed <laughs> him back, and it, it, was, yeah. it was just a standoff and a big melee, and the referee just gave the red cards to both of us straight away. We were both still arguing, walking off the field, and we were both like, what the fuck we've been sent off for? Really? We didn't even get a chance yeah. to throw a punch. Yeah. Yeah. Is he the same height as you? Must be, eh? He's a little bit smaller, but he's like wider, yeah. Yeah. He was at, he was at Forest at the time. Yeah, how close were you to quitting football? It was a it was a deep deep time for me because as I've told you before, I went away. I asked her to take some time away, and me and my wife went to Dubai, and I explained to her. I said, "Look, this I've had a decent career up until now, but for me, my dream was to play in the FA Cup final, and because this is not going to happen, I'm not going to be given another opportunity to get there." And I just felt it wasn't worth it. But I had strong people around me. Um, I also had some children that were looking up to me as well, my sons, uh, to kind of push me through. My wife was good with me in that sense. But I really had no love of the game for a good two, three months during that period, which was strange for me because I've been involved with the game since I was nine years old when I got signed by QPR. Had you quit then? What would your next... No idea. I wasn't even quick as a... There's nothing he's in real life. truth fucking hit him like a fucking Boom. pie yeah. in the face. I wasn't even thinking about that. I wasn't thinking about that. Oh, shit. Yeah. Do I have enough money my... to live? No. no. <laughs> have any education? It's true, though, right? I mean, yeah. No. No education. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, one of the two things. Oh, oh yeah. I was too old to DJ by then. I'd have had to be a producer. DJs get paid quite well. You, you went down to... Did you go to Ibiza or something? Yeah. Ibiza, and how Napa, many people were there? Tenerife. A couple thousand when you were doing your... 
So in the clubs, yeah, in the clubs in Ibiza, there was probably anywhere between three thousand and five thousand people. Jesus, what's a bigger rush, doing that or walking out in front of a home support in a big game? That must have been cool because it's different, different, very different. And you're in total control. Yeah, and also when you're DJing in front of everyone, loves you, right? As opposed to yeah, section over there hates yeah, like a bands and rock (laughs) bands, like everybody's there, paid a ticket to see you, see you. You'd be surprised, though. going to in football and pay to see the other fucking team win. Yeah. No, you'd be surprised. Even as a DJ, like, there's, especially back in those days, there were certain groups and sections that would go to watch that DJ. And, yeah. wouldn't like and if you, you weren't yeah. their DJ, right. they, they wouldn't dance for your songs, even though they might like your song. And then you had to be very particular with the crowd you were playing with and at what certain time of the night it was. There's no point playing bangers at, like, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the evening. Yeah. When the club goes on till six in the morning. Well, that's why most opening acts have the, you know, they're not playing to the same volume as the main act. The lights yeah. aren't the same, right? Because so you don't want to, you know, you know. And you could play a the crowd's load. I've, I've been, opening act. Yeah, 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 I've been in clubs in London where <laughs> you've played a song and the, the dance floor just goes like that. Really? Empties. You're like, fuck, I've got to mix out this song quickly. And I've been in. You know, that's what I'm thinking. You're already in the song. Yeah. You give it you've got to mix it out quickly. Wah. So what's worse, that or missing a penalty? <laughs> Oh, I'm missing a penalty for sure. That's worse than that. Yeah, because you can, you know, you can bring <laughs> you can that crowd back, back yeah. on. Yeah, right. Easily, you but take you a can't. Lot of penalties? I only took a couple in my career. I took, I took one, a couple for. Would you want to take penalties? Not really. Not particularly. No. Wasn't a. a what big... was your go-to? Smashing it. Keeper's bottom right. So I cross my body because I'm right footed. Every time. That's what he stopped doing after a while. <laughs> Keepers read it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Put the graph up. It's so, like, oh, yeah. bottom right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He goes there every time. <laughs> but, but going back to the similarities between scoring a goal and playing a banger and the whole crowd going crazy, they are very similar, but they're also very, very different at the same time because, as you said, you have a section of the crowd that don't particularly like you and if you've scored in front of them that's an even bigger rush than scoring in front of your own fans and also as a goal scorer though you're like the, the lead singer as well I know your yeah, DJ's a bit different of, right yeah. but that, there's something about rush. the away crowd when you beat them yeah. and as a goal scorer I mean that never happened but just to, when you win away and just to be able to look in their faces and all their dirty nails <laughs> fingernails <laughs> fucking <laughs> But I imagine that being like the bassist would be the same as being like a defensive midfielder, <laughs> right? Like there's a, there's a, you get a bit of a high, but nope. it ain't that high because no, really, no one's there to see you, really. Drummer? Yeah, it's true. Drummer, maybe. But maybe who'd be the drummer? Drummer gets a solo. You get something, right? A winger. He's like a winger. Yeah. Yeah. Fullback. But then just being the guy at the, in the band who's just under the radar, not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. You get all the benefits. You get the groupies yeah. and the free drugs. Right. Well, I mean, don't don't say no to drugs, kids. <laughs> don't say no to drugs. Don't or, say no. Don't, don't. Say no. Say no. Say no. Hold on. You just said don't say no. <laughs> well, that's what I meant. Pillion roll, rock and roll parlance. That's all I'm saying here. But you're right. As the as the the, the bit part to a band, you're not known. Like you know, it's kind of like Harry, Prince Harry. Yeah, a little bit. And this life's turned right. out okay. Under the radar, can do what he wants. Leave. Well, Prince Andrew thought the same thing. Ooh. Well, that's right. Prince Andrew did the same thing. Yeah. And it's not working out too well for him either, is it? Well, yeah, so, but I think he's, he's got, gone very he's undercover. Got <laughs> diplomatic immunity. I think they think they can touch him even if they caught his hand. It could be the- complicated, those negotiations. Yes, when Giselle starts. Uh, Giselle? What's the name again? Maxwell. Gislan? Gislan. I mean, I'm just watching that thing on uh, Netflix right now. 
the uh, Jeffrey Epstein documentary, Jesus Christ. It's wrong It's creepy, man. Absolute yeah. wrong And that Maxwell, oof. she's been arrested now, right? Or oh, yes. He's, he's, there's charges against her. You anyway. wait till she starts to chirp. <laughs> Very nervous people She'll right be now. singing like a bird. Hold on. Yep. Hold on. We were talking about club bangers yeah. and scoring goals. <laughs> This is how this podcast goes. Oh, yeah, you know we're on to pedophiles. Sorry. <laughs> it's breaking down. Can we rewind, rewind that song. Rewind that song. Rewind it back. <laughs> so the, the lead guitarist would be the playmaker, right? The sexy playmaker, right? I suppose. Wouldn't he? If you compare football yeah. to, to music. Yeah. Right? You know, so the, you know, the... I don't know. And then, yeah, Brian May. I'm, my queen bias coming through. Brian May wasn't the yeah, star. He would be, Mercury, he would, but he, no, he would. Sl- there you go. Slash. Slash yeah, is. No, um, Slash would be the Fellaini type of player. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting the, lost in the right? hair there. That's what you're getting lost Prince in the hair. Prince guitar solo would be like, you know, Iniesta. Yeah, there you go. Iniesta would be right? a good, good commit. Yeah. He, he runs the show. Runs or Javi. Javi, maybe. Ran the yes. show. Yes. He was the brains behind the brilliance. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so yeah. Brian May is Javi. Yeah. Freddie Mercury or Steve Harris an Iron Maiden West Ham guy uh, was he the guitarist He's Bruce the guitarist. Dickinson West Bruce Dickinson being the lead singer would be yeah so not strike me so um, he wrote the songs too did he really yeah oh yeah no, that was Barry Manilow <laughs> Barry Manilow Iron Maiden so close <laughs> I asked him I said how do you guys write music and he says we we don't we write the the riffs we just do guitarists and whatever and we get something that we like and then we write lyrics toward for oh. that so that comes first as not the, like the riffs and that Bernie yeah. Topin and yeah. Elton yeah Topin just send a, yeah. a file full of lyrics yeah. to Elton but yeah, make songs hard like metal I don't even think Steve Harris even read music they were here last year I made an um, they, they? they yeah, came up to the training ground oh they did and they played a game against our staff I was away on an away oh. trip but Apparently, it got a little bit naughty as well. It was like 11 v 11 game, and like they obviously bought all their stage crew and stuff like that. But uh, got a little bit Steve Harris fancies time. himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, they always play. They, every time, they, I mean, I remember back when I was in the national team when Iron Man came to Toronto and they, they played. They it, it's a band I want to see. I want to see them live because that would be just a fun show, I think. Just loud. They're more Metallica. Yeah, definitely. Oh, they're more Metallica? Metallica's Metallica. I know more Metallica songs than my Maiden songs, but. Either one, you can't go wrong. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, what if you stayed in Italy, Deech? Where do you think your career would have gone had you stayed? In what if I stayed home? there? Yeah. I've asked myself this many a time. Because Could you have ever lived there full time? Yes, 100%. I feel if we were a little bit more mature and we had children, we would have settled a lot more. And I would have kind of stuck it out and found a way to be more consistent in being in the starting 11 and, and playing. But it was a time in my career where we were both still really young, me and my, my uh, soon-to-be wife, and we just we missed England with not playing week in, week out. I wanted to get home back into the Premier League. Um, but I feel if we were a little bit older, maybe 25, 26, 27 with kids, I would have stuck it out because I love the way of life in Italy. I've lived there uh prior as a youngster I used to go there for the whole summers with with my dad my mum and it's a a beautiful place that I could settle in very easily 
So Daniele Dicchio would still be Daniele Dicchio. Di- oh, Dicchio. They said Dicchio. that in those days. Dicchio. I know, I know we call Dicchio. it Dicchio. So the, the correct pronunciation is Dicchio. Dicchio. Because over in England, a lot of people call you Dicchio. Dicchio. Yeah, oh, Dicchio. Bastardize it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised by that really, right? Yeah. And then you just live with it, right? Yeah. You just live with it. Yeah. You You're like, oh, yeah, oh, how many times? I can't correct you anymore. Call me whatever you like. The British? Look at Ricky Gervais. Yeah, Gervais. 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 Yeah, Gervais. French, I'm assuming. Yeah, well, actually, he's actually got ties to French, French Canadian. Canadian. Oh, does he really? Oh, really? Yes, he does. No way. Madonna. Does she? Yeah. Really? Madonna. Madonna and uh, Paula Abdul, French Canadian. Straight oh. up, really? Look girl. at this Ottawa one talking Former to Laker us. Huh? Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff got it. Uh, so good. Straight up. Straight up. Yes. Paula Abdul. Yeah. Abdul. <laughs> right there's an example dumb Englishman he got corrected by Dickie Dickio. oh god well to keep the, uh, the conversation, easy Greg easy to keep the conversation light Greg Greg Forrest remember keep this vibe going Craig if not for cancer where would you have been for boys? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, obviously, it's towards the end of your career. Yes, you're in your mid 30s, right? But I mean, how yeah. did it affect your playing? A few years. A few years, right? A few more years. I was Where, planning to play till I was 40. Right. And you got it when you were how old? 35. 35. So you missed five years. That's a big chunk. Yeah, but you know what? I was there for 18 years, you know? Like, it's. You got to look at it that way. Mm hmm. As opposed I'm not to, trying to make you feel bad. You're, you're trying <laughs> yeah, to make a good career. suicidal now. After the show. And you got to remember as well, Craig, that a lot of keepers, especially from your day, played on till four, their 40s. Shilton was 42, wasn't and he? And now you look at them now and they're broken. They they're are. broken. So maybe the five years that Craig had to take off of his career is going to help him in the long run because Backs and that, some right? of the guys that I see back home... They're, like, they're a disaster. Yeah. They're in constant pain. They're struggling to yeah. walk. So it's not for the players. Like a lot of the guys who played yeah. with are struggling. They can't even walk a golf course. It's, it's sad. Holy it's actually shit. really sad, especially with the amount of like injections yeah. and yeah. So another three years of that at that age, it it might have been too much. But had you stayed around, would you have stayed in England? Do you think at that point, or come back oh, yeah. to North America? No MLS. No, you would have stayed there the whole time. They're not going to pay. They weren't paying much for MLS for goalkeepers. But your West Ham days were coming to an end, right, at that point. Where would you have moved, do you think? Would have stayed well, the- I planned to stay at West Ham. I had a year contract on the table, but they pulled it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, know. I remember that story. It's I was horrendous. You would have ended up in Colchester. Nice little... Uh, oh, see, that's where. That's why again, I retired. Where it all began. <laughs> that's why I retired. I'd been yeah, a coach. I started wanna... there. I was like, no, I don't want to end there. I'm done. But would you, would you have been happy to drop down a division or would no. you have stayed in the Prem? No, I would not have. Really? It's even tougher for goalkeepers in the lower leagues. Like, it's tough for players, but it's even tougher for goalkeepers why? in the lower It's just more games, more yes. games, more traveling, There's more physical. Eight it's, it's, more league games and then you yeah. got more. You're coming to the Cups earlier. Shittier fields. Yeah. And at that point in my career, I'm like, I don't have anything left to prove. I like, I, do I want to drop down divisions? Mm-hmm. Pretty tough. Yeah, yeah, can imagine. All right, Deech, what if uh, you know during your initial TFC Academy time, right? The club was a mess, right? What if you'd been fired or you'd quit? Where would you have ended up? Doing what here or moved elsewhere in MLS? I really don't know that because I was. 
approach to go back to England to two or three different jobs, like at the youth team level, academy level. But we loved it here in Toronto. And as I said, wherever we were moving in North America, we wanted to lay down our roots just to give the kids some consistency as well. And my oldest one, by the time we'd moved over here, had been in five schools by the time we'd moved here. So it was tough on him. And we had two two younger ones at the time, and then Lorenzo was born here, and we just wanted some stability and to say, all right, whatever happens, we're going to be here, we're going to stay here. And that's not to say an opportunity might have come up elsewhere in MLS where it could have been offered a, a job. But I felt a lot of... I just felt comfortable being here within the club. I love the club a lot. The club have been very good to me and my family in helping me settle here. I thoroughly enjoy living here in Toronto. It's it's very cosmopolitan, but also very close to living to back home in England. There's a lot of expats here. You can tell there's a lot of English-fied pubs, restaurants, and just the way people are here as well. And I'm not sure if that's the same in other cities in, in Canada, but I know there's a big expat community wherever you're in Vancouver here um, it's just a good place to live and I, I wanted to stay in a place where my kids could thrive be safe and enjoy their life and I, I just didn't think I could offer that to so them in England you, you think you really had to realize is when, when you're playing too it doesn't matter where you're playing how long you've been at one club like I was at Ipswich for you know 13 years but it always feels temporary mm. like you never know when you're going to get sold when you're going to have an injury, when yeah, it can no, all come no to an security end. Per se, right, in that yeah, so you're always kind of, wherever you're living, it doesn't feel, you never have roots, you never grow up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we were the you know, same when I moved over here. I just wanted to be in one place. Yeah, yeah, living out of a suitcase, essentially. Yeah. Both metaphorically and Yeah, and it's important for cases, right? Yeah. Kid, it, it affects them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as, as people that aren't professional athletes, you know, I've often thought about that, what life is like being a pro when you know you could be moved at any time. Yeah. That stress. It's not all good. Always weighing on your shoulders, though, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it is I crazy, mean, right? Yeah, I mean, and it's a short career, and you don't, yeah. you don't really realize how... People tell you it's a short career, but when you're in it and you're young, yeah. you know, what does that, that mean? Everything is short. You know, because you're not thinking short, beyond next I'm week. I'm going to be old. Like, uh, everybody, you know, you're old. So how can I pay for that? Tell me this in, in the North America. <laughs> in, in North America. <laughs> in North America. Like, pay for her. So in American football, baseball, basketball, a lot of the pros, they have a home base. Is that correct? They don't live in their actual markets. Oh, right. Yeah, no, that's true. You know, like back home. Like, right. I'm from London, but I always lived where my team was and I know it's a smaller country but here it doesn't seem that way like a lot of the guys people leave for, straight away the Raptors or wherever it is yeah, yeah they live they've in got the like States a, yeah. they've got their home base in the States I yeah. know it's a little bit different for us here in guess Canada so. I mean like Michael Bradley lives in Toronto year round right doesn't he yeah right there's He's some but most his home don't base. Yeah, you're right most they, they see like in other leagues as well so like baseball NFL don't. baseball don't because they're Raptors on the road a lot of the time anyway most of the Raptors were all in the States during all this lockdown that's why they didn't want them to come back to Toronto because if they did, they needed to have two weeks here to quarantine before then yeah. going to the States. So they said, you know what? Forget it. We'll rent the Ritz-Carlton in Naples and we'll go down there for two weeks. Yeah. So like MLB as well, the the guys basically, they've got a home base. Yeah, they've got an apartment and here, then close to the usually the... the do the building. clubs provide 
the organizations provide apartments and condos for these players? Well, I think they pay for them, but they'll help them find them. You know, just yeah. like if you sign for Toronto, you're, you would hope that somebody... And they just lease yes. that condo. Yeah. yeah. But they're, they're on the road a lot, the baseball guys. Are. Right. Exactly. Four or five days. Oh, they go on a West Coast road trip. trip and, yeah. You know, three. So makes sense. Stay at home for two weeks. And yeah, it's always good discussing the, how tough it must be to be a professional athlete. Really challenging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, oh, the pie's going. <laughs> um, good. Professional yep, pie man. Keeping me in Toronto for the time being, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you looking to branch out to, Sharms? Oh, West Coast for sure. Yeah. West Coast? Oh, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. What if, Sharms, yeah. you uh, were still at Sportsnet? Would you be making pies? Um, oh, that's a good guess, one. Well, I was making pies when we were at Sportsnet, yes, you but were. you know what? But that was in anticipation it, to you time fired. No, exactly. <laughs> right? um, it's a great point, though, because the year off, so to speak, allowed me the time to focus on that. Had I been at Sportsnet working those day and a half a week, <laughs> it would have been more challenging. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure that we wouldn't, we wouldn't be at the same point we are now for sure. So thank you, Sportsnet. I got a what if question for you, Chumps. Oh, yeah? What if your dad didn't put you on the opposing rugby team and you were a star player on your dad's team? Where, where could that have led you to? In well, considering that one of, the, love, what, one, one of the star players was Martin Corrie, who captain England. Less therapy. I wouldn't be love. sitting with you fuckers, that's for sure. <laughs> Thankfully for, for all of us in this room, I was never that good a player to even have that. <laughs> thanks. I'd almost put it out of my mind. Thanks, Steve. That's okay. There it is. I can There's always... the old thanks elephant, that. the dark passenger yeah. on my shoulder. It's called a Danny Dicchio elbow to the <laughs> temple. Yeah, yeah. Dad would have more respect for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're getting deep now. Turn, turn the lights off. This is kind of a therapy session. Really. It is for all yeah. of us, right? Yeah. If you Greg's need a, if cancer, you need a... Danny's uh, quitting football, my yes. father issues. <laughs> By the way, my old man listens to every podcast, and he, Does he? quite enjoys it when we uh, make fun of my playing career and how yeah. he ruined it for me. Yeah. Does he feel bad? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> if you were any bloody good, you would have played. Right, for my team. Yeah, exactly. Instead of flogging you off to the other team all the time. All right, I guess it's time, eh? It's time. Laurie, what do you think? Pretty impressive, eh? What a podcast. Yeah, it was great. Live studio audience. Yep. Had to bring the family in. Yeah. <laughs> All Can, we start doing that Can we stop bringing yeah, people yeah. in? Can we? Yeah. The circles, I think, are up to 40 now, right? Yeah. <laughs> are the circles up to 40 now? Oh. The massive circles. The stage is whatever you want. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. Uh, well, thank you for listening. Um, Amsterdam Beer, as always, lubricating the podcast. Thank you very much. DeanBlundale.com. I'm not going to mention anything about lubrication because he'll take it some wrong direction. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for listening. We're back this time next week, we think. Uh, until then, cheers for listening. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.